Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Very familiar scripture, and if you've read Jeremiah, you know where this is going. I'm afraid people forget the Word of God and they forget. You say, well, that's the Old Testament. That's before Christ and that has nothing to do with us. We're living in this day. This is our people today. We're living in a day where people have forgotten what they got from the Lord. We're living in a day where people have tried every way under the sun and Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And so this is Jeremiah and if you read this and you read the book of Jeremiah, you'll find out that he tried his best to warn his people. He tried his best to tell them and he had the scribe over, I believe it was about the 36th chapter, write down his words. And the king took the scroll and he took a pen knife and said, I don't like this part. And just my own way of, of expressing it, he said, I don't like this part. And he cut that part out and he threw it in the fire. Then he read on, he said, I don't like that. He cut that out and threw it in the fire. And before it was over with, Everything that Jeremiah had put in the scroll, the king had done away with. That's our people in this day and age. Did you know that? They've expressed that they don't like the word of God being preached. That they don't want to hear that sin is still sin and it's still wrong. And it don't matter if it's me. We want to say it don't matter if it's my people or if it's your people. It's us, folks. It's me and it's you. It's not the folks that never darken the door that give Dutch Bottoms trouble. Did you know that? Now, we're just here tonight. Bill's the only visitor we got in the house. I believe he'd want me to just preach whatever the Lord would give me. And it's not the folks that never darken the door that are going to give Dutch Bottoms problems. It's me and you not doing what the Lord would have us to do. Not, not drinking from the fountain that the Lord gave us. So my, my text, if I had one tonight, would be, where are you drinking? Well, where are you drinking? And so we read in Revelations, the 22nd chapter, it said, John said, he showed me a river of pure water of life flowing from the throne of God. And remember the day that you asked the Lord to save you. Remember the day that you asked the Lord to come into your life and rescue your, your soul from hell. And I had never thought about it like this till just now. We were headed for a flame, wouldn't we? We were headed for a fire <coughs> that was burning and the Bible said it would never, it would never die out, that it'd burn and the smoke of the torment of the people that go there was extend up forever and ever and ever. Amen. Now what's the natural tendency? You may have been cooking and seen something flame up on the stove or you may have been burning something. I remember one time when I was a boy, most of you know where mom and dad lived. 
Dad used to have a big 55-gallon barrel that Mom would take trash down in on the corner of the lot, and she would strike a match, and she would burn that trash. That was before that we had the county to come and collect it and things like that. And so she would burn her trash down there. Well, one day... The wind got up and the flame, flame blew papers out of the barrel. And the next thing you know, that whole field beside their house was on fire. They had to call the fire department. I'm here to tell you today, you know why they called the fire department? Because they wanted something to put the flame out with. I wanted something to extinguish the flame I was headed for. I wanted something to extinguish my part of that fire, Bobby. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to burn. I was afraid if I closed my eyes and didn't wake up that hell would be my home. And so I called on the Lord. And you know what? He gave me a well of water springing up in me into everlasting life. If you want to put out the fire, you need some water, don't you? Oh, and so, well, where did that come from, preacher? Well, let's go over to, to John. I guess it's the fourth chapter and we read about the woman of Samaria the Bible said that Jesus must needs go through Samaria he knows what we need tonight he knows if there's one that's lost he doesn't get here tonight and if you're headed for hell he's got the solution if you're headed on your way to hell and you are afraid of the flame Try Jesus, he never fails. He'll give you that same well he gave to me when I was a little eight-year-old boy. That same well a couple of years ago in Bible school, whenever Elise sat right there and asked Jesus to save her soul, it's the same. John, the Bible calls it a common salvation. And I'm glad it's not just reserved for you if you have money. It's not just reserved for you if your family is faithful to the church. It's not just reserved for you if you have fame in life. It's, it, and I tell you who it's for. It's for the lost and the dying and on their way to hell. It's for those that are a broken heart and a contrite spirit. He said he'd no wise turned you away. I believe there's somebody tonight that needs a drink of water. Alright. Where are you drinking? Jeremiah said, for my people have committed two evils. Two evils. They've forsaken the fountain of living water. Now let's take a look at that. John 4 said he must needs go through Samaria. And when he got down there, being wary, he sat thus on the well. What well was it? It was a well that was called Jacob's well. It was one that Jacob had dug that he and his descendants had used all down through the years. And it was still there and the water was still good. Oh, I remember I was talking about my dad before church. Bill called me and said he was going to come over tonight. I went up down at my dad's and I said, Bill Ball called me and said he was going to come over. And for the second those words came out of my mouth, he was ready to go to church. He wanted to go. And I've heard him make his testimony, Bill. I've heard him talk about being saved beside a, a potbelly stove up, a stove up in Ray's Chapel. I've heard him with spirit in his life already talk about how good it felt to be born again. I'm here to tell you, once you get a drink, you'll never thirst again. Oh, the woman was there and... Jesus said, I'd give you a drink that you'd never thirst again. And she said, 
why would you ask me? Now listen, my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken the fountain of living waters and, and built them cisterns, broken cisterns that could hold no water. She said, what would you, being a Jew, have to do with a woman that is of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. I'm here to tell you today, people have trusted in things that are going to let them down. They've turned to myths and wives' tales and believed things that are not going to help them along life's way. They've used them out broken cisterns that can hold no water. It's not so just because mom or dad said it. It's not a fact just because grandpa believed it. You better trust the King James Bible and trust the Word of God and the power that it's preached in because that's the only way, the truth, and the life. All right. She had trusted in her broken sister. Now let's go on. He said, Woman, where is thine husband? She said, I have none. Jesus said, In that you've said true. For thou hast had five husbands, and the one that you've had now is not your own. Just another broken sister. We see people that are never satisfied in life. And you may have trusted in one man after another. I, well, preacher, I'm with the same woman I've been married to for 30 years. But you may have trusted in one preacher after another, after another. And I love this man with all my heart. I believe he preaches God's Word every time he stands. But he don't have the power of salvation in his hand. Just because he dealt with you does not mean you've been saved. The Bible said Jesus told Nicodemus, a rabid churchgoer, one that never missed the service. He was a ruler in the synagogue. And Jesus said, Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. You've got to get a drink of the real water. You've got to get down there in the well. And you've got to get one that's clean and pure. And it'll make a difference in your life. The things we trust in. God has tried to get America's attention in the past few months. We trusted in our athletes. We trusted in our actors. We trusted in our jobs. I'm here to tell you today, you better trust Jesus. Because he's the one that will see you through to heaven when this day is over. All right. Just another broken cistern. You may have been with woman after woman. It's not going to help you. You better get a drink of the living water. Amen. Oh. And she went on. She said, for the Jews say it's Jerusalem the place where you are to worship. And our fathers worship in this mountain. How many of us have gotten tangled up in doctrine? Now, I believe the missionary Baptist doctrine, but if Marty is a church of God, that's not going to keep me from worshiping with him. I love you, Marty. Now, listen, it's about time we quit arguing over the Scripture because we're running sinners out the church door. We need to love one another. And if your belief is a little different than mine, we share the same Savior. Let's love each other and go to heaven together. If you believe something a little different from me, we are still be able to love one another and not get mad over it. It's ridiculous. 
A sinner don't want something. We're going to be angry and upset over. They want to know that there's love, that there's hope, that there's peace. They want to know that there's something better than the broken sister they've been trying to get a drink out of. What Jesus would say. What did he tell her? The time has come and now is that true worshipers must worship him in what? In spirit. In spirit. We've got to have it. We can't worship him otherwise. We've got to have the spirit to worship him. There's no other way to worship him. This has come to me. I'm just going to preach it. We've got a crowd that is sensual instead of spiritual. Amen. We've got a crowd that if it makes me feel good, it must be right. Amen. It don't matter what the music sounds like. If it don't have the spirit, it's not worship. Amen. It don't matter how Amen. smooth my words are and how eloquent my speech is. If it's not spiritual, it's not worship. I'm here to tell you today, it don't matter what I think about it, how much I like it, or whether I don't like it, it must have the Spirit if we're going to worship God. You might want to run me off after that. I don't know. We've got a feel good. Religion going around. You'll be all right. You'll be blessed. God wants to bless. Yes, He does. But He does not bless over sin. Read what God told Joshua when Achan took of the, of the accursed thing. Remember what happened. Now listen, we only want to look at the good parts. And we won't, don't want to acknowledge what happens when sin is in our lives. Oh, preacher, you shouldn't preach all that. Listen, I want us to have a better church, don't you? Oh, preacher, we've got a good church. Yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. I believe it's the best one in Cock County. Yeah. But I'm saying there's room for me to get closer. There's room for you to get closer. Yeah. Oh, draw nigh to the... How about this? I want to get close to the Lord. I want to see Jesus. Well, if you do, step on up. There's plenty of room for us to get closer to Him. Amen. God told Joshua, after, after the man Achan took the accursed thing, and, and, and Israel went down in defeat to Ai, the little old country. I believe they was 36 men lost their lives, if I'm not mistaken. They should have defeated them. They should have walked all over them. It shouldn't even been a contest. And the men of Ai won a victory against the children of Israel because they could do the accursed thing. And Joshua got down and prayed and begged God for nature. And he said, I will not be with you any more except you get bread of the accursed thing. We need to thank God's going to bless over sin. We've got to get that out of our life if we're going to draw that to it. Lord, amen. I know that's pretty straight. <laughs> Where are you drinking? You might say Achan drank out of a broken cistern. He trusted in gold and silver and the Babylonian garment. 
And where'd the broken sister get him? Stone. Where did the, now listen one preacher, it's not hurting anybody but me. I bet Aiken told himself that same thing. I bet Aiken told himself that same thing. You wonder what he thought when he was standing there and his wife was standing beside of him and those little old children just star steps, I could just see them. And they were crying and screaming as they stoned them with stones. The children were innocent, weren't they? I'd say they were. The wife was innocent, most likely. And Achan, the guilty one, and his sin causing their death. No man liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Now, men, as head of the household, Let's be careful where we're drinking. You bring it in, next thing you know, your whole family's consuming it. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. Where are you drinking? Now let's get back to the woman at the well. If you'd have asked, I'd give you a drink of living water. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. You all know what happened to her. We used to sing the song, Jesus Met the Woman at the Well. Do you remember that song? There's a verse down in the, down in the song that says she went running down to the city. And in the Bible, it reads like this. She went running down there and said, Come see a man. I believe she got a drink. I believe she forsook the broken sister. I believe she got down to the fountain. I believe she got a real gray. She said, come see a man. She had been buried. She had been with five men and the one that she had now wasn't her own. But she met a man that made the difference. She said, come see a man. I've never met a man like this. I've changed. I've got joy and I don't need you to have it because I take it with me. I've drunk a drink from the well. The fountain sprang it up inside of me. I've got something real for the first time in my life. Come see this man that's made all the difference. If it's not made that much difference in you that you want to share what you got on the well, you need to clean it out and get down to the real thing. Where are you drinking? My people have committed two evils. They've forsaken the fountain of living water. That's that one you got to drink out of when you say, Jesus, please save me. That's that one when you really get down close and you cry out to him, you can feel it welling up. And you know what it even does? Why, it leaks out. It comes rolling right down through here. Oh. And they've hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns, can hold no water. I read where Isaac traveled down through the land and he came upon a well that Abraham had dug. And you know what the Philistines had done? The Philistines were always the enemy of God's people. They had filled the well up. But you know what Isaac and his servants did? I can just see them where they got them shovels. They began to dig. I don't know how far they had to dig, 
But when they got the well clean, the water was still pure. Yeah. <laughs> I remember as a boy, I was probably about Gracie's age, we'd go up on, on White Rock over here, if you know where it's at, and go past the, past the Cosby campground. There's an entrance right there, and you can hike up through there, and you can see way off in the distance, miles and miles when you get to the top of that place. But on that trail, there was a little side trail that wandered off, maybe about 100 feet. We went with a guy that Dad worked with that lived up there, Bill Phillips. We'd go down there every year, and he'd, he'd go off that trail, go down there, and it just looked like a bunch of leaves in the fall. You couldn't see nothing, this looked like a pile of leaves. He'd get down on his knees. And he'd go to move them leaves away. And after just a minute or two of working, there'd be the cleanest, purest, coldest water you'd ever tasted in your life. The best tasted stuff, Roger, I've ever drank in my life. How them mountains would flow. And you could get it, you could get a cup of it while it was just as pure and clean and clear. I remember the time that I first tasted the drink of living water. It was the cleanest and the purest and the clearest. Oh, do you remember that? If it's been a long time since you got a drink, if you've been uh, relied on those cisterns. Now, you know what a cistern is. A cistern is a place that's made to collect water. Right. And when it's not raining, that water stands still. And if that water stands still long enough, it becomes stagnant and unfit to drink. But a fountain of water never stands still. It keeps flowing. It keeps flowing. Well, the water never stands still. It keeps flowing. It keeps flowing. So it stays pure and it stays clean. What happens when you and I sit down on God? What happens whenever we sit still and don't listen to him and don't read and don't pray and don't do what he'd have us to do? We get stagnant. We get filthy and unfit to use. And we have to go back and do what Isaac did and dig out the well, clean it up. If he will, you'll find the water is just as good as the first time you got it right. Oh. Becky sings a song. We used to sing it. Sandy and Keelan Chandler and them. Do you know how it feels? Your cold heart melted and tears started flowing the moment you felt it. Do you know how it feels to be troubled inside and to think just for you on the cross someone died? Do you know how it feels when you come to surrender? Oh, Ain't it good to know how it feels? You know what brings that feeling about? Getting a drink from the fountain. Getting a drink from the fountain of living water. Jeremiah's people never could get away from the broken cistern. Now, just think about this. I've told you, explained to you what a cistern is. Most of the time it's made to collect rainwater. But when the water isn't going in, the water sits still. And it can get stagnant if it sits there long enough. That's bad enough. Now think about trying to get a drink from a broken cistern. 
what is inside of a broken cistern. And there you are, a thirst and in need of a drink and none to be had. Now, what does science teach us that happens to us if we go without water? I believe you can go without food for like five to seven days. Some of these medical people may be able to tell you. But if you go without water, I think for maybe just a day or two, three at the most, after one, you get dehydrated. You know what happens when you get dehydrated? You don't have the strength that you once had. You can't think as clear as you once did. And you can't do the things you used to do. I've gotten dehydrated, you know, I had to go to the emergency room, you know what they did? First thing they did, they hooked me up to an IV and they pumped fluids through me to get me hydrated again. I believe this, and I've heard people, and I know those people disagree with me on this. There are two of you. There's an inward man and an outward man. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's what the Bible says. This is not going. This is sinful. But that inner man, the soul of a man, it's what's going to heaven when this life is over. Now listen to me. Oh, folks. I want, to, I want you to know the soul of a man is what's going. That's the one that took the drink. When we don't drink of that well, when we let it get clogged up, when we abandon, amen, when we abandon, and that's one thing, and I've known Bill ever since I was a little old bitty boy, I remember going to Bear Creek Church and hearing him preach, and that's one thing I admire for him, he preaches the same gospel that he did 50 years ago. Oh, I believe we ought to stay with what we started with. I believe if it was good enough, well, preacher, <laughs> I don't understand that King James stuff. The these and the thous. I didn't understand it all either, but the preacher that preached to me, I understood I was going to hell, John. Yeah, yeah. I was afraid to die in that shape. And the, and the King James Version Bible was good enough for the preacher that preached to me that, that let me see that I needed to be saved and draw me to my knees. And I beg God to save me. Listen, if your well is clogged up, you need to do what old Bill Phillips did years ago. Fall down on your knees and dig and dig and dig till you get back to the well and get you a good drink. My people have committed two evils. One, they have forsaken the fountain of living water. When sinner people look at us and they see anger in our, in our faces, when sinner people look at us and they see bitterness on us, and we're not happy with nothing or nobody, we must have wandered away from the well. The leaves must be covering the well. And in order to get rid of that anger, anger and bitterness, 
we need to clear, clean it out a little bit. Get down there and get it right. We get down there to that little, yeah. it was a spring. Come down out of them mountains and it bubble up. We get down there on our knees. You cup your hands and bring that water up to your mouth. It was so cold. Oh, it tasted so good. Cleanest tasting way. It was better than dishonest. It was better than the bottled stuff that you could get. It was better than Coca-Cola. Oh, it was so good. How'd it taste? First time you tasted it. I believe the John was told, take and eat. I believe the Lord said, taste and see that he was good. Oh, they've forsaken the fountains of food and water. Two, they've hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. You ever been like me? I'm not talking about the times that I've pleased the Lord. I'm talking about the times I've let him down. Has that ever been you? Let me just tell this on myself. It was years ago and I was running a grant program for the school system. If you know anything about government agencies, they operate on a budget. And the fiscal year ends June the 30th. I wasn't thinking, I was working about 30 kids, and I turned in timesheets in July for dates, Judith, for dates that were in June. It was about $5,000 worth of payroll. And I realized what I'd done, and I began to sweat. And I thought, sure, it was gonna cost me my job. And I lay awake at night, and I think, well, if I do this, or if I talk to this person, or if I try this, I lost sleep. I didn't sleep a wink for about a week. I couldn't eat. And it was to the point to where my family even noticed it. I didn't tell a soul for about a week. I wouldn't tell nobody. They'd ask me what was going on, and I wouldn't tell them. And then my mom, on a Friday night, she said, I don't know what's wrong with you. She said, I've talked to the Lord and he's told me everything's going to be all right. And I got a phone call first thing Monday morning. It was my boss, the big boss. He called me in. And I told him what happened. He said, don't you worry about that. You were trying to help somebody. And he said, since you was trying to work and help somebody, we'll take care of that. I never heard another word about that. I went to what I thought I should do. I tried to go back to that broken cistern and work things out because I had always done a decent job and thought I was pretty smart at what I was doing, trying to rely on myself, and it was broken. But Mom had been back to the well. Yeah. She had got a drink from the fountain, and the yeah. Lord had told her what was going to happen before it even happened. I'm here to tell you today, we need to rely every day on the well. And if it's just you and the Lord, you can still get a drink. Most of you, and I'm about to 
Most of you are on Facebook. You know what I'm talking about. You get all kinds of things. And being a preacher, you get things that are church-related. They'll tell you how you need to do your collection, how your growth strategies, all you've got to do is download this and download that and all that. Here's our growth strategy. And anything I can't figure out between the leads of this, or you can't figure out between the leads of this, we just need to ease off, get down, and start clearing the leaves away. Start getting the dirt out of there. If it takes a shovel, if it takes your hand, whatever it takes to get down to the well. Get a drink from there and everything will be alright. We need to forget these broken sisters that we're trusted in. And our church people have trusted in all kinds of things. They've forsaken the spirit. They've forsaken uh, one thing about what's happened in the last three months. Oh, we've had to figure out new ways to do things. We can't rely on tradition anymore. We've got to rely on God and get down there where the water is and trust that. We've had church in the parking lot, Bill. We've had church on Facebook, but God's been with us through it all. Amen. Amen. Had to get a little step closer to the well. I don't know. Somebody's going through something. Going to preaching this morning and preaching tonight. The good Lord's trying to tell you something. I don't know a thing about you. I just know what the Lord gave me to preach. And he's helped me tonight. I know that. Where are you drinking? Be careful where you're drinking. You will never please people. It just can't happen. You will never please them. Even if you do something they like. I, I used to work with a person. Actually, she was kind of over me in a way. I just worked my fingers to the bone. And she still finds something wrong. You will never please people. You can please God. You can please God. How do you know, preacher? Remember when Jesus was baptized in Jordan? John saw the Spirit fall. <laughs> what did he see fall? The Spirit. In the form of a dove. The Spirit. Even before there was a church, an organized church, even before there were deacons and lay members and things like that, what did it take to please God? The Spirit. John saw the Spirit descend from heaven in the form of a dove, and they heard a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom 
I am well pleased. Amen. Now also read in that book that Bill's holding in his lap that Marty's got open beside of him. I also read in that book that God is no respecter of persons. I believe I'm a child of God. If you've been saved by his grace and his mercy, you're a child of God. So if Jesus being his son could please him, I believe every once in a while when my heart's right and I humble myself, even old Mike could please him occasionally. can please God. You want proof? Remember when Balaam, I believe it was, Balak wanted him to curse God's children. And he looked off on them at three different. I can just see him. Maybe he looked at them and they was coming toward him. Maybe he got up high on a mountain and looked over them and they was coming. Maybe he got behind them as they marched away and looked at them. And on all three occasions, he told Balak, I can't curse what God has blessed. We're his children. We're blessed. And we can please him if we drink out of that fountain of living water instead of relying on our broken sisters. What happened to Jeremiah's Israel? Do you Bible readers know? I believe the Babylonians came in, overtook the city of Judah, and held captive the best of the children of Israel. That's where we read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, and those. That was the children of Jeremiah's age. Why did they wind up captive down in Babylon? In Babylon? Because men relied on broken sisters. You want to see your family blessed? You want to see God saved? Stay with that family. Drink from that family. You may be like me, there's been times, and Bonnie Lewis used to sing this song. There's been a few times. I don't know about you, but every time I fall to my knees, every time my eyes close and my mind goes to the Lord and the words begin to flow, I don't always pray. I hope you get there more than I do. But I can't always get through. But there's been a few times... Now listen, sometimes it might be just a few. Bill would get down there on his knees and he'd swipe and this way and that way and them leaves would part and then there'd be that water. Isaac didn't get to do that, did he? He had to dig a little. Sometimes I can just swipe this way and that way and be right down there to get a drink. But then those times I've had to do some digging. I couldn't just get a hold of that water. I had to dig. I had to clean it up a little bit. I had to clean the earth up. This right here, this old dust, I had to clean it up before I could get down there where the well is to get a drink. Where are you drinking? Well, I'm okay right now. 
Well, let me relay this to you. Satan's got plans for you. He has desired to sift you. He's desired to sift you. You ladies remember my grandma had one. I've seen them around. And I've seen her when she'd make biscuits, she'd pour the flour into that sifter. And then she'd turn the crank and the flour would fall through. It broke it up. If it was lumps or whatever, it would break it up. That's what Satan has plans for you. He'd like to break you down, break you up, and the longer you hold on to that broken cistern, the more likely that's going to happen. You better get back to the fountain. You better get down there on your knees and swipe and clean and dig because Satan has got plans for you. And if you want to be able to withstand, you better have a nice good drink because if you're dehydrated, if it's been a while since you got a good drink, when he comes by, you're going to fall. Oh, folks. Where are you drinking?